This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harama, Pastor Ryan Bibb are joined by special guests, Luke Eicher of Grace Church right here in Sturgis, and Dave Jolman, who's pastor of First Christian Reformed Church. This is actually Pastor Josh's uncle, and they've sat around in a roundtable-style discussion, and in this edition of Radiant Reflections, they'll be talking a bit more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here's Josh, Ryan, Dave, and Luke with today's edition of Radiant Reflections. Well, welcome back to another episode of Radiant Reflections. We continue our conversation about Holy Spirit. In this particular episode, we are going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We are joined again, once again, by my co-host. Oh, well, I should probably say who I am. I'm Josh Harima. Joined once again by my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. That was your cue, man. That was your cue. That was your cue. Yep, I'm back. <laughs> All right, and we are joined again by our special guest, Pastor Dave Jolman from First Christian Reformed Church in Hudsonville, Michigan, and Pastor Luke Eicher from Grace Sturgis right here in Sturgis, Michigan. How are you right. guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good to be here. Yeah. Thanks so for the invite. We're totally transparent. We actually just shot the first part of this roundtable, even though this is not going to be chronological. You won't listen to or watch this episode right after that. But we're still just sitting here in these same chairs. So we, we actually just clothes. we actually just did a Wayne's World time warp. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. That was that'd be cool if we could. Sorry, should I not reference that on your podcast? <laughs> You're Sorry. Good. You're good. I told Radiant you we're, we're, we're pretty raw. Does not endorse that <laughs> film. Neither does Grace Sturgis. Or <laughs> <laughs> None of the churches uh, represented uh, officially endorse Wayne's World. Is that is that what we're saying? But any '80s references, I just feel all warm and fuzzy when you make them. That was for you. Thank you. Well, hey, in this episode, we are going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham says this in his book, The Holy Spirit. No Christian can say, I have no gift. Every believer has at least one gift from the Holy Spirit. A weakness in today's churches is the failure to recognize, cultivate, and use fully the gifts God has given people in the pews. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, and I'll read that here. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Nope, that's 12, 1. I'm going to jump ahead to 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We're going to camp out there for a few minutes. Right? So, so Paul seems to be saying, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a gift of the Spirit. Any, any, anyone want to, like, contest that? Just... <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> All right, go. Oh, no, Luke, what do you got? <laughs> anyone, anyone want to throw anything out on that before we actually dive into the question portion? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just I mean, curious. You can yeah. I'm just curious. I, I guess I would assess here. it. What do you I mean? guess if anything, I would highlight the last two <laughs> words you said there. Actually, four words. For the common good. Okay. And I think that needs to be a basis when we think about spiritual gifts is it's for the common good. It's not just for my good. Sometimes people hijack gifts for their own personal benefit. Mm. And that's not necessarily the purpose of spiritual gifts. I think uh, spiritual gifts are a part of me um, pressing into something for somebody else many times as well. Okay. You got to keep remember it's for us, but it's for them as well. Yeah. Okay. So... If every one of us who's a follower of Jesus has a gift from Holy Spirit, first of all, how do we receive it? How do we, how do, how do we receive that gift? 
What do you guys think? What does that look like? We'll start with yeah. Pastor Ryan. Uh, salvation. Yeah, salvation. That's my answer. Someone else? <laughs> that's my answer. That's, that's it. I'm like, final answer. Uh, it comes final from answer. the Holy yeah, Spirit. <laughs> okay, now, and we'll see what these guys say, but then I, we might have to unpack that a little bit. Okay. okay? But we'll, I mean, we'll what leave do you, it what hanging you right there. How do, you, how do you receive the gift that Holy Spirit has? Well, I agree. So it's kind of like one of these things. It's just like, boom, you got it. I mean, um, if you are a believer, it's there. So when you say receive, in a sense, um, yeah, it's already been delivered. Maybe it's how do you open it and how do you develop it. And uh, cultivate it, yeah. Yeah, that might yeah. be a, to take that a little further, but I agree completely. You're born again. You have at least one gift that okay. you've been given. Okay, Pastor Luke. Uh, I, I think I would maybe speak to charismatic theology or terminology. Uh, I hear a lot of people talk about uh, the baptism getting baptized in the spirit and like you, you don't have your gifts until you're baptized, right? Well, I think we have the gift of the Holy Spirit when we're saved. I mean, that's a gift that we have. It's, I mean, as Ryan referenced in the first podcast, I mean, that's our seal that uh, our deposit, what was it? Oh, God, I can't remember the words now that we're on air, but I mean, it's the Holy Spirit who confirms that we're children of God and, uh, it's that seal of adoption that we have. And so, and that in itself is an incredible gift. And I, I would say I agree with you guys that, um, I mean, it talks about the manifestation of the Spirit. And I think that speaks more to us um, stepping into something in partnership with the Holy Spirit um, than, than like the Holy Spirit now becoming our puppet master and making us do things. Um, I don't remember. I was starting, though, talking about the, the whole idea of, like, you got to get the baptism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times in our circle, people talk about when did you get the Spirit or when did you get the baptism. And I actually theologically believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is more of a condition of believers than it is an event. Uh, so baptism being immersion uh, I believe it's a condition of living an immersed life in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And when we do, that changes and transforms us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I would teach. And as we're living that immersed life, then these gifts, really, they can begin to flow in us if we'll, if we'll kind of press into them and develop mm -hmm. and cultivate them. Which is, which is key what you said, too, because we would, we would lean on that theology side of things, too, because... I think the issue is a lot of people hear baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, we automatically assume it's this big event mm -hmm. because we use the word baptism and we make our own baptism. It's an event, right, at church. Oh, we're getting baptized, right? It's that dunking and coming out of the water. So we make water baptism an event. So we hear the word baptism of the Holy Spirit. We think this is going to be this huge event. Now, I'm not saying sometimes it is. I, I do think sometimes it is. But baptism does mean immersion, and it's a full surrendered, immersed, living into the power of the Holy Spirit type thing. Um, yeah, and, and there are <laughs> events that happen in the book of Acts that make it feel a bit like an event, right? The day yep. of Pentecost, yep. that was an event, but uh, that was a historical moment where there's something being fulfilled in that event. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think when I look at when I look at the language used in the book of Acts, one of the words that has actually been the most meaningful to me is it talks about receiving the Spirit, and looking a little bit into. I'm not 
by any means a Greek scholar. I haven't been trained in Greek and all that. But when I look into the concordance and the meaning of that word received, one of the phrases that really grabs me is to give access to. And it's talking about it in terms of relationships. And I really believe that there is this, this giving access to the Holy Spirit that really is uh, one of the keys for us in kind of pressing into you know, the, the gifts then that the Spirit has for us. We give access to the Spirit to, to convict us, to lead us, to you know, work through us. And I think it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Uh, let's, let's tease out a little bit. You know, Pastor Dave, you talked about, you know, hey, with this gift, how do we open it? How do we cultivate it? You know, that type of thing. How, what does that process look like? Right, if, and, and, and Luke, I'd, again, and you can speak into this too, because if I understood what you were saying, right, you're saying, hey, yes, we received the gift of salvation at our moment of salvation, that aspect of the Holy Spirit, but maybe some of the gifts that Paul talks about in you know, his various lists in Scripture, that would be paired more with kind of the ongoing immersion. Is Am I, am I understanding I, I, don't I want think to I think I agree with everybody at this table. When we get saved, we get the Holy Spirit. Okay, and I think what happens a lot in different circles is that there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and our spiritual gifts are locked up until we have this magical baptism of the Holy Spirit moment uh, or experience or event. And I think I would actually maybe step back from that and say, actually. I think that baptism of the Holy Spirit is actually the moment where, you know, like at salvation, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. I mean, that, it's an act of surrender, right? And I think that essentially is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. I'm now surrendering to the Holy Spirit as well uh, to be the guide within me and to work through me. And so I, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, I don't think you have to go through the special baptism of the Holy Spirit event to have access to spiritual gifts. I think you have access to those gifts the moment you surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, I want to work in partnership with you. Okay. Thank you. I just, I wanted to make sure that I was trying. You're just trying to cause controversy. <laughs> we I'm not, really I'm, know I'm really, what I'm you're really after. I, I do like to, I do, and Ryan knows, I, I do enjoy playing devil's advocate on this podcast. Uh, however. Sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun though. I'm a, I'm a six on the Enneagram, so I have, I have problems with authority. Uh, <laughs> I'm a seven, so make sure I'm clear on what I'm okay, talking about. All right, there you go. There you go. Squirrel. We've got a we've got a seven on our, on our team. So, um, but no, let's let's talk a little bit about that opening the gifts, yeah. uh, cultivating the gifts, uh, and maybe maybe a, a better first question is how do we even know what our gifting is? If each one of us has one, how, how do I know what my gift is? to be able to cultivate mm-hmm. or open or, you know, utilize it for the common good. We'll start with whoever wants to start on this one. I mean, I can jump in. It was something that I've thought of. This is not original to me, but um, these are some of the categories I used when I was starting to, to figure out if God was calling me into ministry. But... Um, Maybe you've heard of this kind of language, you know, you think of a Venn diagram with circles that overlap and then the spot in the middle where, you know, that kind of a thing. And with gifts, you know, I again, I this is not for me. This is from someone else. I don't know who. But you have your abilities in one of those circles and you have your uh, affinities, your passions, the things that just get you revved up. And then you have affirmation. Those are the three circles. And where those things overlap, 
that's probably a good indication of what your gift is. So you maybe have the ability of being the hospitality, uh, like this church does here, and you may have the affinity for that. It just it's like a the hammer hitting the piano chord where that, that chord just starts vibrating and mm. all right, I, I love this. And then people say, wow, this is really wonderful. And it's building up the church, as you said. Um, I think that's a place to look at those three things. That's just a starting point where I would look. Okay. Okay. Luke, you want to jump in on that? I think, I think I agree with that. I think that's really a great place to start. I also you know, we're talking about receiving the gift. Like we receive salvation by faith. And I think there's a measure of faith that's required to really step into our spiritual gifts as well. I mean, if you're not exercising faith, faith, sorry, then are, are you really stepping beyond what the natural, right? And so, I mean, just a clear example, I don't know how many times uh, my wife has found me on the floor on Saturday night or Sunday morning saying, God, I don't know why you've called me to preach. I just, mm-hmm. because in a lot of respects, it doesn't come natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I mix faith with my preparation and I get up there, uh, there really is, I mean, use the word anointing or whatever, and I, I'm not trying to like say anything special, I'm anything special, but I find like, Oh, if I actually just press into this in faith, God can take that and he can use it uh, in a special way. And I can tell when I'm trying to preach out of my own natural ability and when I'm preaching uh, with that faith mixed in to using the gift uh, that he's given me. And so I, I, I praise God any time that I just, he just brings me down on my face because I need that. I don't ever want to be found just preaching out of my own natural ability. I think... <clears throat> Everything's been well said. Um, yeah, I don't have much more. So, well, so I think you live into your personality. I mean, God created you with a tick, right? I mean, if you will, like your personality plays in, can play into it, mm-hmm. just understanding how God has wired you and living it. I will say this, though. I think every, every follower of Jesus should know their spiritual gifting. They should. And I, I don't think the Big C Capital Church, we've done a great job discipling believers, knowing their gifting. To serve each other, build each other up. We haven't done a great job. You know, I've been in ministry, what, 30 years, and I mentioned to our congregation, I have asked new members classes, youth groups. I've asked many times, groups of people, many, many times, do you know what your gift is? Does anyone know what your spiritual gift is? I have yet to have someone, when I've just asked that cold, to say, oh, yeah, my gift is da-da-da-da. No one in 30 years. <laughs> wow. So that underscores your point, and it probably points the finger back at me in part to say, well, I've got some work to do. Yeah, yeah I, I think about it a little bit like uh, kind of finding your career and calling as well, though. Like, you know, when I came out of high school, I didn't know really what I wanted to be. I, I ended up in engineering because my oldest brother was an engineer and he made good money and was successful and was like, oh, I'm good at math and science. I guess I'll do that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a sense, you have to experiment a little bit too. And it's okay. I would say it's okay to try different things and you're going to find some things uh, work and some don't. Um, And so even that word for gift uh, in the New Testament is charis. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's where we get the charismatic word from. 
Um, but my best understanding of that word is like, it's kind of like a divine grace. And it's like when God comes and just gives you a grace for something. And sometimes we don't know what that thing is until we try a few things. Um, so I think, I think sometimes we need to push and sometimes we need to just be given permission to try and, and, uh, press into some different things. So, I mean, Luke, you talked a little bit about, you know, not operating from just your own natural abilities, but how do we tease out, you know, well, is this just a natural ability? Is this a, is this a supernatural gifting? How do we, how, what is the overlap there? You know, cause, cause you might be, you know, a gifted communicator, but Holy Spirit can mm-hmm. in a sense leverage that. How do, how do we overlay all of those, those different pieces? How do we tease it out? They're all like, Hey, like I'm really good at this. That must be my spiritual gift. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who wants to jump at that one. <laughs> no, maybe well, nobody I mean, wants to jump at hey, that. Here's one. the thing. There's a bit of mystery to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it is true. We have natural gifts and there's a place for natural gifts as well. I mean, Heck, if you're good at carpentry, there's a place for that. If you're uh, good at different things, I mean, there's certainly room for that. Sometimes you just need somebody to scrub the toilet, right? And so there's room for the natural in church, but I think there's also a necessity for the supernatural. And so I just wanted to maybe emphasize that I think it's not either or. I think uh, hopefully it's both and. Um, uh, and it's it's kind of pressing into the supernatural that maybe takes a little bit more faith and a little bit more uh, curiosity to just really find out like, hey, do I really, you know, do I have a gift of faith or prophecy? Like not many people are going to just wake up one morning and say, oh, I think I'm prophetic unless they've really been exposed to it and encouraged in it. And then, you know, those get kind of scary, right? Because you don't want somebody prophesying out of their flesh or prophesying in error. And so it really does take um, some guidance and some coaching along the way too. But I, I think we want natural gifts in our church, but we also want supernatural gifts if we can cultivate that. And sometimes there's just both, right? I mean, if you look in the Older Testament, when, when God is giving Moses the, hey, here's how I want you to build the tabernacle, and he references a couple of specific guys craftsmen you know you mm-hmm. mentioned yeah, exactly these are craftsmen and he says like they're they're filled with the spirit and they're gonna carve some really wicked pomegranates you know like <laughs> i don't know well that's that's the that's the abbreviated josh version yeah well and, and i'd add to that and what you i think one of the memorable phrases for me as i drive back home will be the immersed life i like that and this is coming from again reformed person where most of our baptism is sprinkling. You know, we don't use as much water as you guys do. Uh, we, we will. We're not opposed to it. We just tend to not do that because it's usually babies. Although, um, yeah, not, not, not always, uh, thank God. But that immersed life, that idea that um, I am living my life or in step with the Spirit. Maybe that's another way to say that, in mm-hmm. step with the Spirit. And if I'm doing that, I wake up each day, and if I say, God, I feel like I'm to be an encourager. I have the... Or, to exhort or to encourage. Um, okay, God, I'm going to try to be in step with your spirit. When I walk into Speedway, when I walk it, wherever it is, help me to be in step with you. Help me to live that immersed life. And then I believe we start to see, we step in faith maybe, mm-hmm. and things get affirmed and we, uh, we start to grow and maybe develop those gifts. Mm-hmm. But I like that, the immersed life. Yeah, That's why sometimes I... You know, you speak of the supernatural gifting versus the natural gifting. This is 
we do need both, especially just within the church. Because one thing, I mean, I, I've told you several times, one thing that, I mean, we have spiritual gifting tests that are out there that you, know, you can Google and get one. But the one thing, like, they don't say is, I'm good at rocking babies, <laughs> right? And so we pigeonhole yeah. people, but we need volunteers in our nurseries to rock babies. And you, you know, we have that joke, like you're just a baby whisperer, right? Yeah. Like you were so good with babies, but we can pigeonhole people to be like, well, no, because my spiritual gifting assessment said I'm a teacher. So, and it's like, well, now I have to serve wherever teaching is. It's like, no, you have a natural gifting with children too. And babies go serve in the nursery as well. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, for those that are listening in your part of Radiant Life, um, you know, Pastor Dave, you re referenced like this Venn diagram. Uh, we use a tool called shape and we talk, Hey, what are you shaped for? It's spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your passions, your experiences, uh, these different things. Um, Radiant life church family. If you haven't gone through next steps with pastor Brandon, uh, <laughs> this is a shameless plug Get uh, in there. for you to go shameless. through. Next steps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they, they, they do that. They come alongside you to help you look at those different pieces. Um, so yeah, radiant life. Um, if you don't go to radiant life, and you would rather talk to Luke or Pastor Dave. Come to Growth Track. Go to go to Growth Track, or <laughs> you're, direct to here, or just, that's right. <laughs> or, uh, or just have those conversations um, to start to explore uh, what your gifting might be and what that looks like to actually bring to the table for the common good, as Paul says in First Corinthians uh, twelve seven. Now, a few different places in Scripture, Paul gives us a few different lists of gifts. In in you guys is why are you why are you looking at me like that? Why are you? I'm just waiting for it. That's okay. all. <laughs> no, this this is easy. I just but do you guys think like if you take the sum total of those lists, right? Is that an exhaustive list of the spiritual gifts that a person might receive? And I don't I don't have you I don't I'm a terrible host. I don't actually have the the scriptures pulled up. But I mean like Romans twelve. He has it. First Corinthians twelve. Uh, Ephesians four, there he mentions like the five offices, you know, teachers, apostles, you know, uh, evangelists. Uh, and First Peter four, those are just some of the ones where we where we see gifts mentioned. Maybe a better way to ask the question is: Are there are there gifts the Spirit gives us that aren't mentioned in Scripture? If so, here's a double question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to refine yeah. my, my ability, and, and he gave me some feedback, and I'm still trying to learn on not asking two-part questions. Uh, if there are gifts that are not listed in Scripture, what kind of checks and balances do we have to where somebody doesn't I, – I, you said in your message uh, this past Sunday, Luke, uh, swinging from the chandeliers. You yeah. know, how do we, how do we uh, you know, in a sense, weed out the, the weird, weird people representing Holy Spirit in a weird way? Well, I'll bite on – I don't know what part of your question. I'll, I think part, <laughs> See, part that's part why a, we don't ask yeah. so many questions in one question. A, but I'm, <laughs> He's know, giving you options. Is the list? Yeah, so I can take this wherever I want. Uh, you know that that is it an exhaustive list? There's nothing, if I recall, there's nothing that says this is the exhaustive list. Um, although, so I'm thinking it may not be. Although you say, well, Scripture is sufficient; it gives us all that we need to know for faith and life. But um, but you said the verse you quoted that. Um, these spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the spirit, right? For the, for the common good, mm -hmm. a manifestation of the spirit. So my sense is, as we've said, you can't box in the spirit. I just have a, I wonder, I can almost hope that there might be other 
ways that the Spirit manifests himself in our unique personalities. And um, so I would say, and I don't know if I'm right, so I'm very humble in this to say, I think it's perhaps not exhaustive for that reason. Okay. Ryan or Luke? I'm we got some conflict here. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. I like what Pastor Dave has to say. Cap <laughs> <laughs> out. I'm just thinking, I, I, I do. I, I, the Holy Spirit's going to do what Holy Spirit's going to do. Um, but I don't know if I've ever seen a gift outside of what is mentioned no. either. Yeah, or it, it could kind of fall in a category, like yeah. like what Josh is doing right yeah. now. Josh is fantastic uh, with the creativity, right? So, I mean, yeah. is is making podcasts and running tech equipment in the list? Probably not. Uh, would it fall under some other category in there, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You got what? I'm wanting to, like, stir up controversy. Can, can I yeah. speak to... Part C or D of your question? I'm not sure which part uh, yes. it was now. Uh, Would that be paragraph? <laughs> well, I mean, you were asking no, the question, how do we stay grounded? Checks and balances. Oh, yeah. yeah, how do we stay grounded in this? Yep. And I think uh, I think there's actually a really good guide scripturally to help us in that. And so, for example, we're in kind of spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 12 talks a lot about the spiritual gifts. Um, and there's nine referenced there. And chapter 14 goes on to talk and have some discussion about two of them, uh, prophecy and speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. But if you look at chapter 13, I think is our key. Um, because he's saying, none of it means anything without love. Right? I mean, you can talk in uh, the, the language of angels or men, but without love, it means nothing. I can give all I possess to the poor. Without love, it's nothing. If I have faith that moves mountains, it's nothing, right? And so it doesn't matter what you think you're doing in the name of God, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. If it's not inspired by love, then I think we're off. And I think that has to be maybe our number one grounding point. Is this inspired by love? Is this, is this reflecting the heart of God? And so I guess that would be maybe my first place to go to for kind of staying grounded. And if we're swinging from the chandeliers, I mean, are we doing it for our own glory? Or is it for the glory of God? So maybe there is a, a particular instance where swinging from the chandeliers would give God glory. I don't know, but feels a little bit <laughs> it's excessive. Hard to, it's hard to imagine to that scenario. Fleshy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, think, I think love keeps us grounded. Okay. That's good. Pastor Dave or Pastor Ryan, anything you want to add as far as, as checks and balances? You know, if, if, if it's not an exhaustive list, how do you, and somebody comes into your office, Pastor Dave, and says, well, I've got the spiritual gift of, blah, 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 you know, and it's something that we don't see anywhere in Scripture. How do you, how do you walk with that individual through the process of, uh, well, um, I agree, and kind of like what you just said, you go back to what, what does Scripture say? Let Scripture be our guide. And a passage like that, 1 Corinthians 13, is so good. And then I think having a conversation with other mature believers to say, um, if things are getting a little wacky here, well, we need to sit down and, and have a conversation and hold one another accountable. Um, again, in our denomination, we can do that kind of thing really well. Uh, that can tend sometimes to squelch some things. That's where we would go off in that direction. 
but there is real value in just um, having the accountability of other brothers and sisters. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, because if I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but some gifts are a little bit more palatable <laughs> than others. Right, I mean, I mean, we talked about you know people are worried, and and you know, Pastor Luke, I know in your message you're like, man, in, in the conversation in our, the last episode that we shot, uh, it's like, man, people are worried because the Holy Spirit's going to get weird, right? I mean, so that's where you know I say palatable because mm-hmm. if you look in in uh, you know in Romans twelve, it's like, oh, hey, if your gift is serving, then serve. It's like, oh, hey, sweet. I like I like that spiritual gift. I can serve. Uh, if it's teaching, then teach. If it's an encourage, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, if it's to show mercy in the world, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those. I like those spiritual gifts. But then you've got the ones that say, if your gift is prophesying, and Pastor Luke, you've hit on this a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, then do it, you know, in accordance with your faith. Um, in First Corinthians, uh, going back to First Corinthians twelve. Uh, he talks about um, miraculous powers. He talks about prophecy. He talks about distinguishing between spirits. Yeah, he s- talks about speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues. And those are maybe a little bit less palatable because they're, mm-hmm. pardon, I, I no disrespect, but I mean, they're the weirder. The riskier. Mm-hmm. The risk, okay, riskier. Yeah. I mean, is that a good word? I. Uh, yeah, and they can lead to, if you have someone who's just kind of uh, off, way off in left field, they, it could be heretical. It could be abusive. Um, it can get, you know, if, it's, if, it's, if, if it gets away from the Holy Spirit and it mm-hmm. becomes some sinful motivations or whatever, or, or all kinds of different things could enter the mix. And then how do we, how do you... How do you put the boundaries around something like that? What are the guardrails, you know, so you can go off into the ditch? So I think that's what a lot of people feel, a wariness about those. Because mm-hmm. what are the safeguards, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's risky. Well, especially speaking in tongues, because I feel like of all, I mean, yeah, First Corinthians 12 gets a lot of warning or gives the the list that you had mentioned. First Corinthians 14 is definitely Paul's warning careful with this gifting, right? It's probably, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I think he warns about that one more than any of them. Well, because that's where well, he's, uh, yeah. he's given context for its order. use. Yeah, he's right. giving, talking about order and worship. Right. And hey, well, man, somebody walks in off the street and you're, you guys are doing this, like what's, yeah. what's going yeah. on? And yet in the same breath, he says, I thank God more that I can speak in tongues, right? Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly yeah, 18, how he says it, but it's like I thank God yeah. more than... I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, yeah. but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Yeah, I, I think we get in trouble like with that one in particular. It's like, well, you don't, you're not filled with the Spirit unless you speak in tongues. Uh, which I think maybe would hit on your background a little bit, yeah. right, Josh? Yeah, which I was actually really curious to see where you... So coming out of the Assemblies of God... And, and, and quite frankly, and hey, if you're listening and you're in the Assemblies of God, we love you. This isn't like a knock on you. Um, but I mean, one of their cardinal doctrines is uh, that baptism in the Holy Spirit will always, without exception, at least this was as of several years ago. I don't know if they've tweaked their, their 
the wording, but I mean, uh, the initial evidence of baptism in the Holy Spirit is always speaking in tongues. Period. End of right. story. Um, so I guess on that, and I know you guys aren't, you're not AG, but I mean, like no. what, I guess what's kind of your take having a more, you know, charismatic uh, background and, and, and maybe a more charismatic bent uh, you know, sure. at grace. Where do you guys kind of come out on that particular issue? Well, and I, I think I've already alluded to my theology. I think my theology on baptism of the spirit and all of that is changing from what I grew up as a, you know, when I was a kid, my parents were like, you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? And they prayed for me and it's like, okay, that's done. Um, but I'm moving more towards, I'm moving more away from event. Uh, well, I think there is an event, but it, the event isn't the Holy Spirit coming on me. I think we already have the Holy Spirit. It's more me giving myself to uh, the Holy Spirit, living that immersed life, uh, you know, just different ways of talking about it that I feel are maybe a little more appropriate. Um, so, like for speaking in tongues, I I don't think you have to speak in tongues to have the Spirit, right? I mean, that, that just sounds silly. Um, could everybody speak in tongues? I don't know. Um, I know for me, I do speak in tongues, and it was a step of faith for me, and I can tell you stories about the benefit that it has been in my life. Will I stand up on the pulpit on Sunday morning and speak in tongues? No, because uh, it doesn't help anybody, right? And I, I see the most benefit in my private life. Uh, for speaking in tongues. And for me, it, it's more a matter of like James 3, you know, talks all about how no man can tame the tongue. And so here's an opportunity for me to take this restless evil and surrender it to God mm. and in faith believe that God can tame my tongue and can can use it in a, just a really powerful and beneficial way. Um, so I've, I find that actually to be quite refreshing to be able to pray and feel like, okay, my head's not getting in the way. Uh, of what really needs to be prayed out of my spirit in this situation, but so some people, and I think uh, John Bevere in that book, you know, that we referenced earlier, he would differentiate between, you know, a, and I don't know if he uses this term or if this is just kind of a, a common term, like a, a personal prayer language, right? Versus, you know, like a, a uh, the times when you would use the gift of tongues in a corporate setting, which you know we know, hey, you do if there's an interpretation, yeah. Uh, I mean, so you're talking maybe more that like the personal prayer language type of thing or? Yeah, I mean, six of one, half dozen of the other. To me, I mean, what is it? I'm, I'm talking, I'm trusting that what the sounds coming out of my mouth are making some kind of sense in the spirit somewhere. And so I don't know. I mean, I've definitely heard stories of people that felt like they needed to give a message in tongues and there was somebody from another country, and they were speaking their language even though they didn't know it. And that's really cool. And so maybe, maybe that's more literally what that gift of tongues is. I don't know. Uh, to me, all it always comes down to um, faith, trusting God, and using it in the appropriate context. I think something key that you said is, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's okay as believers to sit there and go, I don't know. I don't get it all. It, and it's, it's okay a, to be in that space. And, and it is. It, like, of all the gifts, like, that's the one that probably makes the least amount of sense, right? I mean, like, literally. Yeah. Literally. Absolutely. Like, 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 there is, like, absolutely nothing we can really comprehend about it. And yet, 
we see Paul saying, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And so I'm like, I, my heart has always just been, whatever you have for me, God, I want it. And I always want to just kind of lean in with that posture. And so, okay, if there is a gift of tongues for me, I want it, but I don't want it to be a stumbling block for people. And so how can, how can we kind of press into that? Okay. Pastor Dave or Pastor Ryan, anything you want to throw in on, on tongues in particular since we're kind of camping yeah, I out I just there. like that. I think maybe one of the, again, one of the dangers when we say this is a definitive um, expression of the Holy Spirit, it can create two different classes of Christians. Absolutely. Yep. So I find that our, um, our understanding, the Reformed understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and yours would be identical, right, the way you've expressed it, where we... When we come to faith, we receive the Holy Spirit. And as we go on, you know, may, many will say, well, you have a, that second blessing or whatever it is. Um, in, our, in our practice, we would say, well, it's, it's um, an ongoing experience of walking in step with the Spirit. And there are times where you just have these insights, breakthroughs, and your growth just shoots up, you know. And some might call that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably not the language we would use. But I, I, I guess I appreciate what you both said, we need to have some theological, spiritual humility. Mm-hmm. We don't get it all. And there are probably things I have never spoken in tongues. So I don't mm-hmm. understand that. But I'm intrigued. And <laughs> I think um, well, certainly God and the Holy Spirit is able to, yeah. to produce that. So, And I think our posture is just let's lean into everything Holy Spirit has for us. Mm-hmm. Even if we have maybe seen it abused in the past um, or we don't fully get it. But I know if it's right for me, it's from my Heavenly Father, it will be good. And I can trust in that. Yeah. I think there are some guardrails that we find in Scripture, like for for speaking in tongues. You know, we've got context is important there, uh, as Paul talks about in Corinthians 14. And there's guardrails for prophecy. I mean, prophecy probably gets abused more than anything in terms of spiritual gifts, right? And people can get their flesh all mixed up in it. And so, like, even at our church, we have guardrails that we really try. Like, don't do parking lot prophecies. Don't do personal one-on-one. Like, we really work hard with accountability. We want prophetic words to be tested and weighed. Does, Does this sound like God? Is it aligned with Scripture? Uh, you know, all those things are really important because we are we're we are taking a, a step of faith and a measure of risk. And you know, I just think in here, this is uh, in Thessalonians, uh, but he says, "Don't put out the spirit's fire, don't treat prophecies with content contempt." But then he says, "Test everything, mm-hmm. hold on to the good, avoid every kind of mm-hmm. evil." And so, it is appropriate to test our spiritual gifts and make sure that we're not operating out of our flesh and for our own benefit or trying to get our own agenda across. And there, I mean, so that tests in place for the giver of the, say a prophetic word, but also uh, it's important for people that receive a prophetic word. You know, I mean, I, I remember yeah. you, know, you have yeah. people come, Hey, you know, God wants me to tell you, it's like, Oh, oh, sell everything and go to Africa, yeah. right? He hadn't told right. me that yet. Like, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's important for the receiver of the word also to, 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 carry some of the, I mean, it's a yes. double it's checks and balance. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, just, per- just because somebody starts the conversation with God wanted me to tell you. 
I, I think ultimately a prophetic word should confirm something that God's already speaking to somebody's yeah, heart yeah. and give them faith for uh, stepping into something. But yeah, about, about two and a half years ago, my wife and I had a, a trip with a group of pastors and um, and their wives, and we were in Wisconsin, and we had a time of um, just a couple went around and just they they had a prophetic prayer over my wife and I, and I did I've never met the, this these people ever before. And I just sat weeping in the prayer. Cause I'm like, there is no way, you know, this about us. Like this is flat out a, dis- a, a deposit from Holy spirit right yeah. now. Mm. And, um, the beauty is it was done with gentleness and in humility where afterwards, um, you know, he even said, you need to test everything I just shared with you to scripture. First and foremost, like I, and I love that. I love the humility part of that and understanding that is our biblical response. First is, yeah, test it, test it. Right. Rather yeah. than get caught in, hey, maybe it's a very emotional experience. You get caught up in, Luke, I think you talked about, you know, the emotionalism, you know, yeah. like, yeah, not getting caught up in that. And maybe on the flip side, and Pastor Dave, you can speak to this, not writing it off and just saying, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> like, like that's not a thing. And I'm not saying that that would be your posture. I'm just saying, you know, when you talk about more of that, that uh, intellectual approach uh, to Holy Spirit. Well, I think you nailed it. That would be the, the danger on probably people in my circles to say, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're exactly right. Mm. But, no, it's, uh, well, hey, I'm looking at the timer here, and I don't want to keep you guys for an hour and a half like our... Uh, well, we didn't go an hour and a half on the last one. I think yes, we were, you do. I think you really do. I actually do. I can, I can I know sit you here. Do. I can does. sit here. Yeah. There's still a little steam coming out of your uh, ears here. Sure. <laughs> I got more. I got more. I could. Are I you? Could, what's the word you said at the end of the first one? Is the conviction? Wait. Oh, I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember what. I, I could. I could do this all day, though. I really. I really could. I could sit here and we could. We could hash stuff sure. out. We could do, we could do, honestly, if I had my, my, we would do like a, a, we would go through every list and we would talk about practical applications of every single gift uh, in the list. However. But you would also try to somewhere, somehow get in between all of us to make us argue also. I, it's true. <laughs> That's not true, Ryan. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you just said that. Yeah. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Give me, give me scripture references. Um, all right, I guess so we'll wrap it up. But I mean just this whole idea of gifts of the spirit. Like final thought from each one of you. Like what if you if you if you had 60 seconds on an elevator with somebody and you had to relay some sort of truth about Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives, what would that 60 second elevator conversation be? I'm going to start with Ryan because he was nodding and you're good. like, and I'm oh. looking, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm thinking. And I'm normally a processor, which I'm like, give me time. But I, I would say this, your heavenly father loves you and his gifts are good. The Holy spirit is a gift to us. Lean in. Um, don't lean away, lean in. And with the Holy spirit, there are also gifts from the spirit. Lean in. Even if you don't understand, even though if it was weird at one point and you saw it abused, as I said before, lean into the goodness of your heavenly Father, and it'll be good. Luke, I, yeah, I, I think Luke eleven uh, kind of sums up 
where I would try to lead them, I would say, you know, because it, it speaks to our fear, it speaks to our doubt, and it speaks to our, maybe our insecurity. Um, and this is just Luke 11, where Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. What are we, what's Jesus asking his disciples to do? To lean in, right? And so that first part there speaks to the doubt because he's saying, if you ask, you'll receive. And then he addresses fear. He says, which of your fathers, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then know how to give good gifts, even though you're evil, um, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so he's saying, don't be afraid of the good gifts that my Father has for you. You know, you can trust that. You guys are evil and you still know how to give good gifts. But, you know, James says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And so, and then it says to those who ask him. And I just believe that that, that means that every one of us can ask him, God, what are the gifts that you do have for me? And there, there's no third-class citizen of heaven who doesn't have access to spiritual gifts. And so let's lean in and just trust that God has good gifts for us. That's good. Pastor Dave. Oh, that's great. I feel like you went from youngest to oldest here. Maybe that's just me, but um, I, I actually don't know between them. I don't know. If, Ryan's he, got me. He's much older. <laughs> he's got more grace. So that's the only thing I'm going by. No. Uh, okay, final thoughts. Thank you for giving me just a little moment to process that because, um, but I would say this. Um, when I think of scripture, it's a record of God wanting to be with his people. And I think of right in the garden, God's, walking with Adam and Eve um, in the temple that's built right in the middle of the camp, you know, and then Jesus, the incarnation, God with us. And then Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I will not leave you alone. Here's your comfort. I'll, I'll be with you. Uh, and a lot of us maybe right now are thinking, where's God? You know, where is God? And um, I guess I'm as, as the Irish would say, I'm as close to you as your breath, as close to your you as your hands. And, and I think that is what the Holy Spirit, God with us. Uh, and so that means I'm not alone. I'm not an orphan. I'm an adopted child, as you said so well. Ryan, um, God is with me. And if that's true, the implications are, are pretty wonderful. And we could spend a whole nother podcast on that. But, uh, that's how I would Okay. Well, and I think one of the themes that's come up over the conversation, um, you know, we talk about leaning in. I think you could sum it up in, in the word surrender, right? When we talk yeah. about our posture, when we talk about how do we receive the gifts, that, how do we open it? I, I, liked, I like the way you said that, Pastor Dave. How do we open the gift? Uh, it's surrender. If you're, if you're holding on, white-knuckled, because you want control of everything that comes out of your mouth or you want control of everything that you, you say to another person, Will that gift manifest? Maybe, maybe Holy Spirit is just waiting for you to let let go a little bit and and, and surrender uh, to what He wants to do. And it's easier to do that when, as these as these guys just said, the thing that we're surrendering to is something that has our best interest and the best interest of of His church in mind. So, well, hey, any last thoughts from you guys? Otherwise, we'll wrap up this episode. And uh, this has been fun. And yeah, I really could. We could sit here all afternoon and. 
and just keep shooting episodes. But <laughs> I, just want to say I don't thanks. have any more questions. Uh, no, I just want to say uh, my final word. Thanks for the invite. It's great to get to know all of you and uh, God's blessing on on your ministry. And the spirit is at work. Absolutely. The spirit is at work. Yeah. I, I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's, thank you, guys. Yeah. It's yeah. been good. Thanks for inviting me across the street. Hey, not a problem. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Well, hey, thank you for joining us for this episode of Radio Reflections. We would appreciate it if you would like, review, rate, share, subscribe. And we mentioned this in the in the previous episode with these guys. Go check out their websites. Uh, go to uh, the website for First Christian Reformed Church of Hudsonville. Go to the website for Grace Sturgis uh, and check out their teaching series on Holy Spirit. We want you to have as well-rounded a perspective on Holy Spirit. I had a conversation with Pastor Dave um, last week, and, and he said, he said, I know about this much of God, about God. And I said, well, that's great, because I, I only know that much about God. And if you take everything that we know about God together, we, we maybe have about that much. <laughs> so we want you to have as, as well-rounded a perspective as, as we possibly can. But uh, again, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.